Hey, this is Jimmy Mack from Rebel Force Radio. Besides Star Wars, if you're itching to dive deep into all things geek, park your speeder right here at the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. And may the Force be with you always. This is TK-226. We've had a small band of rebels in Sector 2186. Alert Team Scarif. And would somebody please deactivate that blasted alarm? Lord Vader, we've alerted... The rebel incursion has compromised the Citadel. Yes. There are Imperial files that must not leave this facility. They will be neutralized, my lord. Good. Allow the rebels to access the control tower. I will deploy the garrison and deal with them myself. The Scarif Podcast must be protected at all costs, Commander. Are those your orders, my lord? That is the scuttlebutt. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. What's up, Scuttle Buddies, and thanks for joining us on another Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. This time we are doing a Quick Cuts episode with one of our Red 5 friends, and uh, I want you guys to uh, put your hands together for Dork Wars, the podcast. We've got two of their members here, uh, Blake and Dietrich. Guys, thank you very much for joining us, and we're actually getting back to our roots. Brad and I started the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast, and we started talking about Star Wars uh, during Star Wars Celebration back in 2019. And we kind of branched out because we're geeks uh, of all sorts of flavors. Um, but uh, we're getting back to our Star Wars roots. So this edition of Quick Cuts is all about Star Wars. We're gonna we've got three topics to talk about. Uh, but uh, Shanti, uh, I want to say hello to you. But I want to introduce the Dork Wars, the podcast guys. Uh, tell us a little bit about your podcast and uh, give us a little intro, a little elevator pitch, if you will. Sure. Uh, I'm. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Blake, go for it. <laughs> I'll go first. Uh, my name's Blake, and uh, I actually had this idea for Dork Wars the podcast. Uh, probably, I, I think we were all playing PlayStation. Me and the other four guys that are on our podcast, and we're always talking about Star Wars, um, getting into the video games, play Battlefront Two, play all sorts of stuff. But while we were together, we always seemed to kind of gravitate towards Star Wars and what did this mean, and the light and the dark, and the prequel trilogy. We would talk about that, and I said, you know what, this would be a great podcast. We, we all go kind of deep into the lore. Every one of us kind of know our way around canon and legends. And I, I just thought it'd be really cool, really fun to bring some um, some depth to the Star Wars universe and maybe some humor as well. We, we definitely try to keep the humor up on our podcast. Awesome, awesome. We don't take ourselves too seriously. No. We're just four dorks hanging out, or excuse me, five dorks hanging out sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And... Uh... <laughs> And Chantel from Miami, I don't take you seriously at nope. all, right? And you shouldn't. <laughs> Absolutely. And I shouldn't. But uh, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, again, you know, part of our Red 5 Network, a little, uh, a little, uh, what do you call it? A little band of uh, freedom fighters here on, uh, on the Star Wars geek front. But uh, that's awesome. What do you guys, uh, what do you guys have uh, coming up? I know I was listening to one of your shows uh, just recently, the one, 
I think I'm uh, three episodes behind. Which show was I doing? The Nature of the Force. Oh. Uh, talking about Liam Neeson and, and et cetera, et cetera, all that stuff. I'm a couple of episodes behind with you guys, but uh, good stuff. Um, so, uh, again, like I said, we are uh, joining you tonight. We're talking about uh, Star Wars, kind of getting back to our roots. We've got three topics that were suggested by some folks uh, that follow us uh, here at Scare Podcast. Um, Shanti, you never prep for anything, so I'm going to start with you. It's true. I don't. Back in the day, there were only three Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. And then there were three more. Yep. And then there were three more. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the hits keep coming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So I wanted to ask you guys, obviously our first topic is, uh, you know, there's all sorts of uh, people that want to kind of chime in as far as what makes a Star Wars a Star Wars. You've got, uh, you know, Jedi battling Sith. You've got mm-hmm. the Empire battling the re- the rebels, the resistance, however you want to call them. But uh, one of the things that really intrigued me with this first question is what what does it take to uh to really make a star wars as far as the elements that are concerned you know some people say if it doesn't have lightsabers it's not a star wars damn it if it doesn't have jedi it's not star wars but what do you guys think um shanti i'm going to start with you see i disagree with that last statement because as you know very well yeah rogue one has been my favorite of the more modern day star wars and they're sure there's no Jedi in that. There's no lightsabers. And yet, in comparison to the sequel trilogy, that's the one that actually feels more like a Star Wars movie and is comparable to the original trilogy. And I tried to think of why Rogue One feels that way. And mm-hmm. I don't, I guess if you're going to compare it to the sequel trilogy and the prequel trilogy, believe it or not, I think it is more of the practical effects that made it feel more like a like the original trilogy. Not as much CGI. I did enjoy that the story was a little bit more serious. It, it, I feel like it's kind of hard to pinpoint what is that makes the original trilogy so magical. Because that's the only word I can ever think of to use when I'm talking about the original trilogy is magical. And I don't feel like I got that from the sequel trilogy. Maybe because it was such a mess. <gasps> I mean, it definitely has that aspect of trying to, you know, Mm -hmm. Disney was trying to uh, capture lightning in a bottle the second time. Right. Um, But for whatever reason, you know, everybody's got their different opinions on what Mm -hmm. makes a Star Wars Star Wars. Blake, let's go over to you. What are some of the items or what are some of the elements that make a Star Wars Star Wars to you? So to me, uh, I love the Jedi. I love the Sith. I love the lightsabers. I mean, who doesn't? I mean, come on. It's cool. I love seeing stuff blow up. I love seeing the weapons and the armor. But what really makes a Star Wars movie for me is that struggle between the light and the dark. You know, the uh, the Empire versus the Rebels, that that heart that those original movies have is something that's very hard to replicate. And uh, what Shanti was talking about a few moments ago with uh, Rogue One, it felt like a great Star Wars movie because we saw all these scenes that looked like it was from the original trilogy. And you have a band of rebels going against an impossible empire. How how are you going to defeat something so large? 
but they have the heart to do it. And you can kind of feel that drive all the way through the movie. So I think above all else, it, there has to be that struggle between the light and the dark. The only exception I can actually think of is the Mandalorian. Because at first, it really doesn't seem like there's really a light-dark struggle. It's just the Mando doing what he does. And that still feels Star Wars. Uh, and that, that maybe just feels Star Wars for a whole different reason. I don't know. But for the most part, it's that, that light and dark struggle. Um, one thing I do like about the sequel trilogy, though, while, we're, while, while I'm at it, um, I think it was a hot mess, too. <laughs> just uh, plot-wise, where did it go? It just seemed... Yeah, you got three or two directors battling it out, you know, like dueling banjos, trying to trying to get something together. One wants to do this. The other one takes the second movie a completely different direction. And then J.J. gets back on the last one and then tries to pull it back his way. And it's just like a tug of war in that in those sequels that make those movies seem discombobulated. And that's one reason we don't get that heart mm -hmm. in the sequel trilogy. But um, one thing I do like about the sequels was kind of the uh, the light pulling at Kylo and the dark pulling at Ray. That's something we really don't see in those other two prequels is a character that is supposed to be very, very good being grabbed onto by the dark so hard other than of course, Anakin or more, more rare, I guess is the light pulling at a dark side user. That's what gets me. I like the, the light side pulling at Kylo so hard that he has to come back in the original trilogy, we know that Darth Vader, spoiler alert, Darth Vader turns back to the light side at the very end. But throughout the, the original trilogy, it's not like he's struggling with that. We actually see Kylo Ren struggle with that all through those three movies. And I think that is one of the great things about the sequels, if there is something to be great about them. Sure. And and obviously, you know, you both me have mentioned Rogue One. I think, you know, Rogue One definitely looks like they actually found footage from the 70s and put mm -hmm. this movie together. It is so uh, it's such a callback. And I've always said it on, on our podcast. We've said that Rogue One seems like it's a love letter to Star Wars fans, mm -hmm. especially the original movie. Um, but it uh, it definitely has. You know, without Jedi, without Sith, it really does have that Star Wars feel for those reasons that you guys mentioned. Uh, but Dietrich, what about you? What makes a Star Wars a Star Wars? What do you need to have? All right, here's where I'm going to disagree with Blake. I don't think you have to have Jedi and Sith because what, what you boiled down Star Wars to is a sense of adventure in space. I didn't say that. Mixed say with that. moral choices. <laughs> Excuse me, who said that then? I'm going to disagree with somebody. I know it. <laughs> so I don't think you have to have necessarily Jedi or Sith. No, I don't think anyone said that they had no, to have Jedi or Sith. But I do think you have to have maybe even an adolescence perspective because you're exploring a world around you, whether it be one singular planet or a multitude you know, throughout maybe a trilogy of movies. Um, and I think you basically just have to have a, a sense of discovery and wonder. I don't think you have to have necessarily a, a dark cloaked villain, but I think there do need to be certain choices in which a character makes to describe their character and to push them forward in the story along. You know, I'm glad you said that because, you know, when we get back to the origins of why George Lucas created this tale mm -hmm. is to give young people uh, hope. 
you know, during the 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 making of Star Wars, the writing of the story, we had all sorts of social political things going on in the world. You had, you know, Watergate, you had Vietnam, the Vietnam War. It, you know, he felt like fairy tales of of the past were no longer around and he wanted to be able to create something that would inspire young people. And, you know, that story, um, as far as, you know, creating a, a new fairy tale really lends itself to the exploration of, you know, your own adventure. Like you said, Dietrich, your own, you know, self-exploration. Um, and, and it's it's something that fables are, you know, well known for for doing to kind of teach lessons, lessons and things like that. So I, I would kind of have to agree with you that it really doesn't need, you know, uh, you know, the dark cloaked figure. But I think as long as it has some sort of call to adventure where, you know, a character kind of, uh, you know, tries to explore himself or herself, uh, a call, uh, you know, we've all hear, heard, obviously, about Joseph Campbell's, uh, you know, uh, the hero's call, the hero's journey, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we all know about that. So it's it's definitely one aspect of Star Wars that needs to be in Star Wars to make uh, to make that story great. And obviously, it's it's probably a factor in any great storytelling that you need that conflict, um, not only a conflict of, uh, you know, that has, I don't know, connotations outside of yourself, but something that, that you're playing with inside yourself as well. So I, I'm glad you mentioned that. And I think it's, uh, it's something that definitely kind of plays, comes into play with, uh, with, with Star Wars when it comes to what makes a Star Wars Star Wars. And I think that's why Mandalorian still works. Even though we don't get any kind of Jedi figure for a while, I mean, you, you know, Grogu does use the Force, but we don't see spoiler alert, but Luke until the end of season two. And some may argue that the Mandalorian works because <gasps> it's kind of set in in this world that we are very familiar with post Return of the Jedi. There's things that are still familiar with with Star Wars. Uh, but it definitely still has, you know, that that sense of adventure, like, who am I? What am I doing? You know, the Mandalorian is a bounty hunter and he switched kind of his his allegiance to protect this child once he got to it. Um, so it's uh, it's definitely kind of a, its own hero's journey when it comes to to the character of Din Djarin. Agreed. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, I think you guys both hit it, hit hit the nail on the head there. Um, that's, that's what, that's it. That's what makes a star Wars adventure. And, uh, that's, that's the point I totally miss guys. Now Mm -hmm. I feel like a bad star Wars fan. (laughs) (laughs) And what about, uh, you know, there's obviously the, 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 the elements of, you know, Jedi versus Sith. Mm -hmm. You have that. You've got the empire versus the rebels or the first order versus, you know, the resistance, et cetera. Uh, dark side versus light side. You know, we've got shows, like uh, the animated show Resistance, where you really don't see a lot of the things that I just mentioned. You know, obviously there is Resistance and First Order, but uh, there's still kind of a sense of adventure. And obviously that show is geared to a very young audience, but you still see that exploration of the galaxy, exploration of self with the characters. And I think at its core, Star Wars is probably, if I had to pick any of those, is is that particular aspect of of uh, of exploration of not only of the galaxy but of yourself. Would you agree with that? 
Oh, yeah, very. I think you boiled it down to a couple sentences right there. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. Thank you for joining us. That was the latest. <laughs> <laughs> Ta-da! Fantastic. Roll credits. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Awesome. So uh, topic number two, and this one is a little bit more complex because everybody's got an opinion on this. Uh, but before we uh, we mentioned that, any other last thoughts on that first topic? What needs to be in it to be or feel like a Star Wars? Any uh, final thoughts on that? If you're going to do another trilogy, can you just get one director to do all three movies? There's a winning idea. All right. Thanks. Sorry. Bye. <laughs> yeah. And not make it feel so much like a Star Trek movie also, because that was another big problem that I had because I knew it was J.J. Abrams. It mm. felt like a Star Trek movie after having yeah, seen his I, Star I, Trek I, movies. I'm going to push back a little bit because the original trilogy had three different directors. How dare you? Yeah. The original trilogy had three directors. Um <laughs> I understand. I get that. We're, we're never going to know what really happened. No. And I know you guys, you know, uh, I don't know what you guys feel about as far as the sequel trilogy and what your true feelings are. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, obviously everybody has mentioned a hot mess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was a hot mess. Um, but it's like I said, we're, we're never going to know exactly what Ryan Johnson thought of JJ and what JJ thought of Ryan Johnson's right. direction uh, as far as the sequel trilogy is just, you know, they can, they can market their stories mm-hmm. all they want and twist the narratives here and there. We're never going to know unless we're a fly in the wall at Luke at a Lucasfilm, you know, meeting or anything, but it's, it's, it's interesting because we can kind of at least, you know, kind of see the, the, the hints, uh, especially, now uh as far as how they're going to be taking star wars in the future so we'll we'll see like i said we'll we won't know for sure Mm -hmm. but uh that gives us fans you know a hell of a lot of uh material to speculate on right and that's uh that that makes it all fun Mm -hmm. until someone pokes an eye out Since you brought up Star Trek, I also want to add that the mechanics and the technology don't so much matter as they would in a Star Trek, right? You're not, this is really not a science right. fiction. It's more of a science fantasy type of deal. So, Yeah, somebody uh, just posted and tagged uh, Mr. Pablo Hidalgo regarding uh, the technology of Star Wars. And I think, uh, was it him that basically responded that uh, they don't really think about that because a lot of it doesn't make sense? Um which uh, I guess deep down I knew it, but it's surprising to actually hear it because I always thought, um, you know, I, I also love Star Trek and I love the explanations, but I, you know, I think Star Wars for me is my my first love. And, um, you know, it's uh, it, it's kind of surprising to hear, but I, I like I said, I, I think I knew that deep down, but it's still kind of weird. It's, it's kind of, it's like you said, it's kind of. Yeah, why can we hear sounds in space? I don't know, but it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of weird to say out loud, but I mean, you kind yeah. of get where it's coming from. Star Trek really does get into the dirty details about how everything works, why the starship works, why hyperspace works, why this works, why this works. And Star Wars is more mm-hmm. of, we've got all this technology. Right. We're going to have an adventure now. Let's let's get into it. And, you know, 
I love both for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, they both have the word star in it. There you That's go. That's right. Halfway to being basically the same thing. Can't lose. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, what's up, podcast family? Ro here. Just wanted to give our patrons a heartfelt thank you, wonderful folks who have found it in their hearts to support the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. We're super lucky to have you. Folks like Amanda, Jedi Caligula 89, Joey Rosales, The Salty Crew, Alex and Matt, super fan of many of the pods on the Red 5 Network, Backyard Tardis, Nicholas Schaefer, what's up Nick, Chad at Hyperspace and Holocrons, Jay from Florida, and our newest patron, Frank V, big thanks, and a returning patron in the Executor tier, 97 Bravo, huge respect my friend, we thank you all for your support. And if you want to become more involved in the Scare of Scuttlebutt community and feel like becoming a patron, head over to patreon.com slash scuttlebutt. Remember, we can't have the scuttle without the butt. And don't forget, it's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. Our second topic, like I said, it's a little bit more complex because this one really has a lot of uh, opinions on it, and uh, rightly so. You know, we've got folks that are really pissed off at Disney for um, decanonizing the expanded universe, as some would say. Uh, but that brings to question the concept of canon. Is it important? And uh, I'm going to start with Dietrich on this. What do you think canon is? Is it important to you as a Star Wars fan? Or uh, will you take anything with uh, Star Wars on it and just uh, enjoy it? I guess I'll I'll disagree. I don't think it's a complex issue. I just think canon doesn't matter because they're going to rewrite it. Another company could take over in 20 years and say, oh, we're going to start completely fresh. And I still love a good majority of the stuff. I think there's enough out there. You can take what you like. And you can not accept what you don't like. I know there's a lot of people out there who are like, sequel trilogy isn't real Star Wars. Oh, you know, and there's also people who love the old books. And if if that's canon to you, that's canon to you. Take what you want and reject what you don't. I just think it's at the end of the day, it's fantasy for your enjoyment and entertainment. Be entertained by what you like. So let me get back to you're talking about you're, you're you're talking at it from a perspective of kind of the the consumer living in this world. Um, but what about uh, a a a spectator living in the Star Wars world as far as uh, a timeline of things that actually happened based on Star Wars history? Do you think it's important then? I understand the whole. I'm just going to enjoy the story for what it is. But living in that world. Do you think that some sort of cohesion really does start to matter? Because if you're going to follow a story, then you need I agree. to follow I, I agree in, in that regard. I agree. Your, whatever your canon is going to be does matter if you're using a timeline. Okay. Um, but I know like there's a lot of history that was decanonized. You know, we're only just getting back to some of that with the new Light of the Jedi series, right? I haven't read a lot of it, so I don't know much about what you guys were talking about before this podcast, but you know, all of the old Republic stuff is, is completely decanonized and that's basically the histories right there. Sure. So I think if you're going to, if you're going to use stuff and you're going to try to be a, a continuation, one timeline kind of distill from Marvel a little bit, but I think it does matter in that regard. Okay. So 
Yeah, I guess so. Your statement is kind of ha- it kind of has like a dual. Uh, it's kind of a dual statement. It's got two faces. Like it doesn't matter. Just enjoy it. But in the world, in the in the world that you're living in, the Star Wars world, it does matter because events need to happen and make sense. Yes, I'd, I'd say that's boiling it down. Sure. Okay, Blake. What about you? Does canon matter to you? Um, it it does in a sense, and and I'll kind of take a uh, Diedrich stance as he did at first. Like you know, you got people who like the old EU, people who like the new Disney canon. Whatever you like, that's great as long as it's Star Wars. I love about everything Star Wars. Um, but you have the the Legends continuity, great continuity. I still read those books. Um, read them. I've read them all. I'm sure at this point, there's a lot of material, but it has a definite beginning and end. It has its own timeline. Now we're in the Disney canon and Disney's starting to build their timeline. Of course, we have all three um, movie trilogies to, to, to base that off of. We have Clone Wars. We have Rebels. Uh, we have the Mandalorian, all these new shows coming out. And of course, the High Republic books that have started coming out that kind of flesh out that before the prequel trilogy time. Like Dedrick was talking about, the Knights of the Old Republic isn't isn't canon anymore. Technically, who knows what they're going to bring back from that, use from that? Because Disney does like to use things from that Legends continuity. Um, you can see it with Thrawn. You can see it with uh, just the, just the way they're doing things and uh, bringing Palpatine back. That happens in the expanded universe. Not saying that that's something that should have happened in the movies, but it does happen in the expanded universe. So we know that Disney does take things from that universe and put it into their new canon, which is pretty cool. So like you're talking about being in that universe, yeah, it does matter to have a, uh, a continuity that you can follow um, timeline-wise. And I think this new canon's even starting to add some really cool stuff. Uh, the Darth Vader comics, I don't know if you guys have read any of those. But I'm actually I'm reading the 2020 version of those comics right now, and they're so cool. It fleshes out Darth Vader in a way that we've never really been able to see before. It's really a character study on who Darth Vader is and why he is the way he is, just beyond what we see in those movies. So, yes, canon is important, but it doesn't necessarily have to be all-encompassing. Like It, it doesn't have to be the main importance of Star Wars. Are you talking about the uh, Darth Vader series by Charles Soule? Uh, that's a good question. Because um, that was fantastic. That series would kind of go in com in conjunction with the continuity that we saw in the Darth Vader virtual game, uh, the Oculus game mm-hmm. where uh, Vader was trying to uh, use some Sith magic to bring Palpatine back. Mm-hmm. Does that storyline sound a little familiar? Yeah, I think so. So that, that is, it may, it probably is about Charles. <laughs> Cause it's, it's a, uh, what, where I'm at now, it's a, it's about him basically fine. This is right after he's found out that Lucas is, or he's, told Luke that he is his father and he's trying to track down all the people that lied to him and tried to hide mm. his kids away from him. Um, and the series previous yeah. to that is when he's on Mustafar setting up his castle, trying to use the Sith magic to go back in time and do a bunch of okay crazy. That's stuff. the Charles soul. Yeah. yeah. So I actually just finished those a couple of days ago. 
So, Shanti, what about you? Does canon matter? I know you're very vocal about stuff like this. (laughs) Well, first of all, as I've mentioned many times on this show, I don't go beyond the movies. I have never read a single Star Wars book. So I am basically representing the general audience, honestly. And for me, as a just a general movie person, and yes, I am a Star Wars fan, but only the movies, I just want a good story. I want a coherent story. So whether it's canon or not, honestly, I wouldn't really know the difference, really. Mm-hmm. But I just, I just want a good story. You know, I, I don't expect to follow one singular story. There's it's such a broad universe. It's such a broad world Star Wars. So I don't, I don't mind having all these different stories that are going on, all these different, but I do agree there needs to be some, it needs to be coherent. It really does need to be coherent. But other than that, no, I don't have a problem. I don't care whether it's canon or not. Just give me a good story. You know, one of the questions that I asked uh, Dietrich regarding uh, the con- <clears throat> the continuity of, of uh, the timelines, which I think a lot of people don't really, you know, focus on is is when it comes to the canon, you know, there's the canon that you observe as a fan. You know, you can enjoy stories from all over the place, from legends, from expanded universe, from the movies, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at at that point, canon really doesn't matter. But when it comes to living in the world of Star Wars where you're inside that galaxy, you know, you do have to kind of follow uh, a certain timeline of events Mm -hmm. that happen to certain characters. You know, the biggest thing is, you know, the the, the one example I get uh, constantly quoted is – uh, you know, Chewbacca died because uh, a moon crashed into him. And, and right. how does how does that affect the character going forward? Right. Um, so things like that that are kind of out of whack. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dietrich, you mentioned the MCU. And obviously with things that are going on in the MCU now with the the multiverse and, and different versions of things, um, I hope that Star Wars doesn't go into that realm uh, because, I mean, talking about confusing the general audience. Mm-hmm. Think, uh, I'm afraid they already have. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and how, how? Oh, so have you watched Rebels? Yeah. Okay. So the uh, world between worlds, have you seen those episodes? Yeah. So I think there's clearly a, a bridge in the timeline between uh, Ahsoka being yanked out of the moment where she is going to get killed by Vader and then a timeline in which she is killed by Vader. And there's a lot of speculation that the Mandalorian is set in a timeline in which Ahsoka lives. Hmm. And the sequel trilogy is set in a timeline in which she does not. That is interesting. Interesting. It's a it's a big theory on the internet, and it's it's bold. It's such a bold thing. Like I I don't I don't know if they do that. I, I don't I don't know if they're gonna decant it because there's a big part of the population that do like those movies. Like there are they're on the internet. I see them all the time. And sure. I talk but, to them. but a multiverse allows both mm-hmm. of those fans to like everything for what it is. If there's multiple timelines. Yeah, the one the one thing that I have always believed, if they do kind of a a split time like timeline like that, yeah, it's 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 an interesting concept. You know, rebels and the whole you know uh, world between world arc uh, just you know definitely opens up a, a very interesting can of worms. And I'm not going to say it's a bad thing, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it's definitely something that. Uh, 
I really do hope that they explore. I don't know where I read this or I saw an interview, uh, whether it was Dave Filoni or, or um, it definitely was not George Lucas, but somebody was talking about how the world between worlds, that realm wasn't really kind of a time travel device the way that we normally see time travel. Um, it's almost like a one-way ticket to somewhere that you can't just go back and say, I'm going to change this. And then all of a sudden this is going to happen. Um, but you know, obviously we've seen that happen, but it's, um, it's interesting. I, I, I would like to see it, uh, carry further, but we were just on Alan, uh, press play studios and we were talking about, you know, are we going to see a, what if for star Wars? And I, I personally don't want to, because I want to be able to kind of follow a story mm -hmm. and say, okay, this is, this is star Wars the way I know it. Uh, in, in any era, I, I guess. Uh, right. But it, it definitely would be interesting to, to kind of see if that gets teased out a little bit more, especially because of what you mentioned, Dietrich, uh, the world between worlds. Right. There is an old comic book series that was kind of like the what ifs. Hmm. I don't know if I can't remember the name of the series, but it was back, you know, early on. And it was like, Oh, what if Luke did die on Hoth from like exposure to the cold? And Leia ends up going and meeting Yoda and becoming trained. I don't or, remember that. I'll have to I'll have to look wow. up the name of it while I'm not talking. But or another <laughs> one is Yoda ends up like crashing the Death Star or, or into the Death Star with a ship or something like that. And, and there's just some wild, crazy stuff in there that I don't know if I would want to see in, in an actual uh, animated format or on screen. But it is right. at least it's reminding me of the what ifs by Marvel. Yeah. And the, the MCU. Let has me know this if you find uh, if you find that because I don't remember that. <laughs> so um, by the way, I just thought of a good example, something that just got. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Blake. No, that's okay. Go go on. Blake is lagging. A I little was going to say so. he's cut. He's cutting up. So it's, it's called Infinities. Oh, Infinities. Oh, okay. okay. Interesting. Uh, anyways, I, I was going to say that um, the MCU kind of has a little bit more uh, leeway with the whole what if multiple timelines. I mean, we have source material of comics going back before Star Wars was a thing. Um, and they've been known to do that in their comics. They've been known to branch out and do that. I mean, there was even a whole Marvel and DC what if series where they were, where, the, where those two universes collided. Um, all sorts of wild stuff. But Star Wars, Star Wars seems to be more sacred with their their timeline more more of a one track thing more of a this happened this happened this happened this happened this happened not a this happened in this universe this happened in this universe this happened in you this universe Structured. yeah will that change maybe only time will tell and i don't i don't know how much fans would like that um i'm not saying i wouldn't like it i'm uh it would just be it would be like all new territory for a whole lot of people <laughs> yeah i would i don't think i'd like that you know, personally, I think, uh, like I said, I like to follow the story and I like to know, you know, what happened in the past and what happened in the future. And uh, I think I'm OK with Marvel doing that, because, mm -hmm. again, growing up with comic books and knowing that the, knowing there was a what if and, you know, all the the older stories, you know, I can kind of wrap my brain around it. But Star Wars for me and, you know, Blake, you said something different. Uh, uh, interesting. You know, we, we hold Star Wars to to such a, a high level as far as respect, obviously, you know, folks grew up with it. We're very familiar with it and we hold it to, to a high regard. I'm not sure if, you know, if it would look 
good uh disney kind of messing around in that in that pool of 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 timelines i don't think it'll be received well if if that happens right. but who knows and while we're on the topic of, of the canon non-canon stuff we we've even seen disney start coming out with non-canon material they they're actually releasing the um uh star wars visions that's coming out on disney plus it's an anime series i don't know if you guys have seen the trailer but it looks awesome, like looks really, really cool, but it's essentially non-canon. So good, like it could be really great stories, really cool stuff, but it's not canon. And that's fine. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, I think that's cool. I think, you know, for folks that, uh, that kind of know a little bit about, uh, you know, George Lucas's inspiration of star Wars, you mm-hmm. know, Japanese, uh, culture has a lot to do with it. I think it's kind of like bringing star Wars home, um, so there's a lot of, there's an aspect of respect there as well. So I, I think, uh, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to that series and, uh, I hope people, uh, really enjoy it for what it is. Any final thoughts on Canon? Is it important or isn't it? I do love the line by Ahsoka in Rebels where she does say there's always some truth in Legends. There because you go. They're, they're always bringing back small yep. little things like Thrawn and then fleshing it yeah. out. And So I think we're going to see more. Definitely. I think that's a little nod, yeah. uh, a little uh, hyper meta nod for <laughs> uh, us fans as well, too. Right. So that is awesome. This is Sentry Mode. All right, folks, thanks for staying with us. And before we tackle our third and final topic tonight, we want to give away some scare of swag, and we have our pal Trevor here to help us do it. Listen to the questions, email us your answers, and make sure you tag us using Sentry Mode and Scare of Swag to qualify. Shouldn't be that hard. May the force be with you. Good luck. Trevor, take it away. Hello there, I'm Trevor Beast and it's that time again. It's time for Century Mode. We got five trivia questions covering the Expanded Universe, also known as Legends. Any non-film material before April 2014, other than the Clone Wars TV show, is collectively known as the Expanded Universe. Let's see if you can expand your knowledge by answering these questions. Here we go. Question 1. What is the name of the third and final installment of the Thrawn trilogy written by Timothy Zahn that involves Thrawn's forces attacking Coruscant while using asteroids? Question 2. What is the name of the assassin droid created by Revan who first appeared in the 2003 Knights of the Old Republic video game? Question 3. What is the name of Han and Leia's eldest child who has a twin brother named Jason and was often kidnapped? Question 4. Which book does Kip Durin make his first appearance as he escapes the spice mines of Kessel with Han and Chewbacca? Question 5. Which piece of Star Wars content will you find San Dan showing his pocket-sized aquarium to an Imperial Guard only for the guard to say that he hates fish? Please submit your answers to at Scarif Podcast because there are steam prizes on the line, including a couple of Grogu collectibles and even a Hot Wheels Batmobile. It's kind of a big deal. 
If you're looking for more Star Wars trivia, check out Sporkle.com. And that's the Scuttlebutt. This is Sentry Mode. This time you have gone too far. Excellent. And speaking of Star Wars stories, uh, let me ask you guys this. Our third topic talks about uh, either going forward in Star Wars or backwards in time to kind of really flesh out uh, the history of uh, a galaxy far, far away. As far as uh, your fandom goes, where would you like to see Star Wars head? And I know we have the the uh, the new, rep- uh, what do you call it? The uh, what are the, the books? The High Republic stuff came out, uh, which takes us, uh, you know, a little bit back in time. But uh, as far as new Star Wars, where the films are concerned, where do you guys uh, see the stories going or where would you rather see them going if new movies are uh, in the works? Blake, I'll start with you today. Awesome. Um, one thing about me, I, I love Star Wars, wherever it's set. Um, so having stories in the past is great and we're going to also get the uh, Star Wars Acolyte uh, series on Disney+. Plus. That's supposed to take place a little bit before The Phantom Menace. That's going to be really cool to see. As far as movies, I, I would like to see like a trilogy of movies in the past. Um, maybe back into that Knights of the Old Republic era. That really isn't canon anymore. Maybe show Darth Bane, um, if, if that's going to be canon still. I believe we see him in Reb, uh, excuse me, in Clone Wars. I believe we see him in Clone Wars uh, when Yoda goes off on his adventure. But um, I'd like to see that progression. Maybe get a get a history of the Sith because we, we kind of mm-hmm. know what the Jedi are doing. They're bringing peace to the universe. They've they've been in control for a thousand years and they've done this and they've done that. So what were the Sith doing? They were obviously around, not in many numbers. But what were they doing? I'd like to know that. And if you want to go back even further and do the whole Jedi Sith war thing, that would definitely bring out a, a lot of fans. Cause I mean, who doesn't just love humongous lightsaber battles? I mean, can you imagine a thousand Sith versus a thousand Jedi on a desert planet somewhere? That would be so cool. Um, so I think the past is a really good choice. I'd like to see in the future too. Not, not going to say I wouldn't, but uh, I think, I think we should do some uh, world building in in the past of star wars yeah and you know and obviously with the great success and uh the um the clamoring that the fans had when those cinematic the cinematic uh trailers came out for the uh the old republic uh video games those were like mini movies and i remember you know being able to you know piece all three or four of them together uh, into one one movie it was just a fantastic experience uh they were done so well and those lightsaber battles were fantastic between the characters and uh i just you know i would love to go back there to see you know the training of of new jedi uh and what that galaxy was uh was all about um yeah so it's interesting i, I definitely uh agree with you there blake uh, dietrich what about you forward or backwards I, I couldn't agree with Blake more. I, I want that Michael Bay, Star Wars, <laughs> Jedi, just they're at their full power. The Sith are at their full power. That's that, that 300 right, yeah. in that movie. 
ver- version of Jedi v Sith. And I know story is important, Shanti. Don't get me wrong, but I just I want to see that spectacle because we really haven't gotten a, that massive fight yet in any of the trilogies. Right. I'd have to agree with you. And maybe Michael Bay is available. Let him do it. You know, what I loved about those old cinematics you were talking about from the MMORPG is in five minutes or so, they were able to tell a yeah. mini story and you could get emotion and just drive. And it was great. I would love to see that on full screen. And let me ask you a random question. Why did they make uh, that character look like Ray? Very uh, <laughs> deliberate. Yeah. Maybe a sneak peek into what they were trying to do later on. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. So she's supposed to be uh, Bastila's like granddaughter. Yeah, but she was a great character, and I love her fighting style. I mean, you know, I don't know a lot of behind the scenes of there, but uh, you know, I did. I wouldn't be surprised if they did, uh, you know, motion capture. But uh, her her character was great, and I loved uh, I loved the direction that that story was going to take. Shanti, have you seen that? What <laughs> the cinematic? The cinematic that we're talking about for the game? No. Mm-mm. Uh, I'll send you a link. Please you do. You are definitely you are definitely missing out. But you got to have uh, you got to put some headphones on okay. and turn that sucker to ten because oh. uh, the uh, audio is fantastic. Well, I've got old technology; it only goes to ten. Sorry, <laughs> but these go to eleven. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I forgot how good the music was until you just brought that up. So, Shanti, what about you? Uh, I know your uh, your love for the sequel trilogy will probably want you to see what's going on with Ben and uh, and uh, Ben Solo and uh, and Ray Palpatine. <laughs> but uh, forward or backwards, what do you think? Are you ready to bleep me? <laughs> First okay. of all, keep Michael got- Bay the. F- Away from Star Wars, so that's your bleep right there, okay? Keep that man as far away as possible from Star Wars. Don't even. Um, Personally, if you're going to go into the past, I would like for that to stay in a series format, honestly, because I think you can spend more time as opposed to cramming things into a two-hour movie or a six-hour if you want to do it in trilogy style. And in terms of the movies at this point, I want to move forward, I want to forget everything that <laughs> that happened with the sequel trilogy to a certain extent. Again, mm-hmm. I am not on the Ben Solo bandwagon. I still don't understand what the obsession is with this guy. I really don't. <laughs> He's um, dreamy. What are you talking about? Ugh. <laughs> ben Adam Solo. Driver Swolo. <laughs> is ugly as sin. So I'm just going to put that out there. I'm so sorry to all the other ladies who love him including my mom. Um, A lot of people unsubscribed right there. I I, want to move away. I want to move away from Skywalker, obviously. I think we're we're done with that. I think we've, you know, beaten that to death. And honestly, just because of what we got in the sequel trilogy, I don't even know if I even have, honestly, any interest in any of these characters to move forward. I almost would prefer Disney start from scratch and give us a whole new trilogy with other characters. I don't even know anymore at this point. That Hmm. sequel trilogy really just... Man. Really jammed, jammed it your really, frequency. No, huh? it really did. It really, really did. I don't <laughs> even know if I care even enough about Ray to continue her storyline. You know how I feel about Ben Solo. So I don't know how you would do that. Somehow Palpatine returned, which is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Don't care about <laughs> Poe. You wasted Finn. I mean, honestly, what did you give us in the sequel trilogy? So you need to either move forward with completely new characters 
or in my personal opinion, which is probably a really controversial statement to say, which I've kind of said before, again, I will watch any Star Wars movie that you pump out, but I am starting to wonder if it would benefit from just sticking to a series format at this point. Just because we're so, my personal opinion, I am so tied to the Skywalker storyline and what we got in the original trilogy and then getting our prequels and now I guess wrapping it up with the sequel trilogy I feel like Star Wars was always meant to be for the Skywalker family and we're done with that so move on stay away from Skywalker stay away from Palpatine move on to something else if you're gonna do the movies enough already and if you're gonna delve into the past keep it in a series format and honestly I agree. I would like to see, honestly, more Sith-centric movies. I would love an origin story for some of the Sith. I mean, yes, I love the Jedi. Of course, we, we always want good to prevail. But there's something so good about being bad. So I personally would like to see more Sith stuff. I want a Maul movie, honestly. I love Darth Maul. I would love a Maul movie. Yeah. But, uh... Something you didn't know. Didn't you know that Babu Frick was Luke Skywalker's lost uncle? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's great. That's yeah. awesome. Hello? I get you. You know, I get it. I get it. <laughs> That's my two cents. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know, you know, it's, if they do go forward and use, uh, you know, anything from the sequel trilogy, it's going to be a little tricky. Mm -hmm. Um, again, you know, we're never going to know what Disney is, is thinking, what Mm -hmm. they thought after the fact, you know, now that people have made their voices, you know, known about their feelings about sequel trilogies. And, and yes, Blake, there's a, a boatload of people that love the sequel trilogy, have no problem with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, you know, other people that have issues with it. Um, so it's, it's, it'll definitely be interesting to see what Disney does, you know, uh, if they do carry the story forward in whatever incarnation they play, obviously now they're doing the, uh, the high Republic. It's kind of a safe bet because it's in, uh, in written form. They're not spending that much money in films, so they can kind of spend a lot of time there. And I, I almost feel like it's kind of an experiment to see, well, Maybe people will want to go back. So let's see how this does before we really commit to anything else. Um, but again, you know, these uh, authors are great. They were, they're responsible for some really great stories, you know, aside from the High Republic. Uh, you've got Kevin Scott. You've got uh, um, Claudia Gray, et cetera, et cetera, Charles Soule. So these are, you know, these are power hitters. And I, I really hope that if they do do any new Star Wars movies that maybe – just maybe they might be able to tap uh, one of these authors to write uh, a really kick-ass Star Wars script for uh, the the movie versions of whatever it is they're they're planning. So that being said, any last thoughts on where would you go for new Star Wars forwards or backwards? We had a really great discussion on that topic. I would like to ping a little bit off of what uh, Shanti said a few moments ago um, when she talked about seeing an origin story for the Sith. I think that'd be really cool. One of the problems I think Star Wars has sometimes is that they make their galaxy too small. If you listen to our podcast, um, Diedrich has said it before. I've said it before. 
um, like with the Bad Batch and Clone Wars, things like that. While those are good shows, uh, I like those shows. They do a good job of bringing everybody that we know together. They, you know, all the same characters, all the same people. It's like you make your galaxy so small. Having that origin story and kind of broadening things a little bit, I think would would really do the Star Wars universe some good. Um, kind of get out of that narrow. Well, here's a whole bunch of people you know. You know, I'm gonna ping <laughs> off of what Blake said. Ping away. And uh, talking about origins of the Sith, and you know, Darth Bane is kind of is kind of the one who brings the Sith right. into fruition as we see them in the Star Warses. I would love to see a movie like that. Mm-hmm. They don't have to use Darth Bane's name, but how do we get from ancient Sith to Palpatine? What's what's the connection? I would love exactly. to see that. Yeah. And I agree with that. And I would like Disney to take whatever time and care that they have spent on these shows, apply it to the movies, because it's really sad to me that Rogue One has yes. been the best out of those four movies that have come out. But yet the Bad Batch seems to be good. Everyone seems to like it. Um, obviously I'm sure we can all agree the Mandalorian is exceptional, absolutely exceptional. There's a lot of hype already around, um, uh, the book of Boba Fett. I'm looking forward to Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm looking forward to the Andor. I know Roe is too. And for some reason they seem to get the shows right. So whatever you're doing with these shows, uh, and I actually got almost got into an argument with somebody on Twitter just yesterday because that never happens. <laughs> um, they didn't like that in a sense I was defending Disney, but I was kind of like, listen, I can't sit here and just completely ignore Star Wars and say I'm done with Star Wars just solely based on the sequel trilogy. I got to give Disney some sort of a chance here. But at the same point, we, I would say, are one of the most passionate fans and also one of the most critical fans and highly opinionated fans you will ever meet. So with that being said, if you continue to pump out what you pumped out in terms of the sequel trilogy, eventually you will lose those butts in the seats and you will lose money. My personal opinion, I will wait the three or four years in between movies if you're going to pump out gold. Take your time. Calm down. That or give it all to Filoni and Favreau. Give it to the two Fs already, and get it over with. Because I think they have done a phenomenal job with Star Wars. Here, so that's here. again my yeah. two cents. You got into an argument on Twitter. What? Hashtag, hashtag cancel Shanti. Never happens. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I, I've always said that, uh, again, we'll never know, but it seems like, you know, the sequel trilogy to me seems like a social experiment uh, with uh, with the studio. Um, you know, it, I would even have uh, more respect for Disney if they said, you know what, we tried to give each director a piece. Eh, it didn't work. Um, but, you know, obviously it did work for, for a lot of people as mm-hmm. well, but... Uh, um, you know, we're not here to argue that, but uh, it didn't own. work for me. Right. Teach their own. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So uh, any final thoughts on uh, any of the three topics before we uh, quick cut our quick cuts? Guys, I think I'm pretty good. Not for me. You're all good. Shanti, you good? Yeah. Whatever Shanti's you pump good. out, I'll watch it. <laughs> Excellent. Just slap a Star Wars logo on it and we'll shill that shit out. Pretty but, much. Uh, absolutely. 
But um, yeah, so, uh, you know, one thing that you did mention, Shanti, is that we are passionate about mm-hmm. our Star Wars and uh, very critical because we love. I've always said it on our podcast. If you cut me, I will bleed Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But uh, guys, uh, Dork Wars, thank you guys for joining us. And I know uh, it's not all of you guys. Uh, you, How many other team members you guys got? We have three. We're essentially five in the group, but usually we end up hitting like yeah. three to four. Yeah. Awesome. So next time we'll uh, we'll have a free for all and we'll go live and see what kind of trouble we get into. But thank you so much for joining us on this special Star Wars edition of Quick Cuts here on the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Can you tell the folks where to find you besides our wonderful Red Five Network? So if you go to Facebook, type in Dork Wars Podcast. We'll show up on Facebook. Um, we're on Twitter at Dork Wars Podcast. We have Discord. I think that's something. I don't know much about the Discord stuff. Um, honestly, we're on Instagram, Dork Wars the Podcast. You can find us on, <laughs> on most major uh, streaming platforms, you know, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, the whole deal. We have a link tree. If you go to Dork Wars the Podcast link tree on Google, you can find everywhere that we're at. So listen in. Awesome. 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 Dietrich, any final words? You nah, Blake hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> Excellent. Shanti, thank you for joining us. And uh, what do you got uh, What do you got cooking? I don't think I have anything. We just finished doing Alan's uh, Alan Press Play's show, like you said, where we talked all about Marvel and geeked out. And then I know she's not part of the Red 5 Network, but I will be in the chat room tomorrow night for Rebel Rose's uh, show on YouTube. I'm not sure what she's going to be talking about, but it's always fun being her chat room because – we get cray cray in there. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. I am going to uh, sign off. There you go. Dietrich and uh, finish uh, your The Nature of the Force episode because I started that earlier today. I didn't get to finish it. But uh, again, thank you guys. Uh, this is Ro. Uh, Brad, stay safe wherever you're at. May the force be with you. And that's the Scuttlebutt. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5Network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. (laughs) Red 5 Network.